Here we are at the sayings of Jesus number eight. And we're going to deal with one of the great themes that Jesus talked about. Um, you know, everything that he said was absolutely spot on and we need to listen to it. But when you take the theme of love, arguably that has to be one of the most important themes that he, he spoke about. And so we're going to do that today. And he really focused in on love primarily um, at the end. At least that's the record that we have of his dealings with love. Oh, he talked about it throughout his ministry, but um, really uh, focused in on it even more during those, uh, during the last day, really, um, during his uh, Passover meal with his disciples. And so we're going to pick it up there. Uh, the setting is the Passover meal that he's eating with his disciples. And Jesus knows that it's the end. And so, um, although everything that he did was purposeful, he is particularly focused at this time. He's making sure that his disciples hear what he wants them to hear. And uh, everything is um, according to God's plan, and he's very focused. One of the things that he does is that he gets up and he washes the disciples' feet. Um, we say, so... You know, we're used to hearing the story about him washing the disciples' feet. The thing, thing is, in that culture, that would have been um, a very shocking thing. For the main person at an event to get up and wash the feet of the guests would have been un unheard of. That was a servant's task, a slave's task um, for the lowest person on the totem pole to do, to honor the people above him or her. And yet Jesus did that. And then um, he goes on and he talks about other things. He talks about uh, the fact that one of the disciples will betray him and, and uh, Judas actually leaves at that point. He talks about the time being short. And then he comes out with this passage, with this, this word, and we find it in John 13, 34. He says this, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. How important was that? I would say very important. Let me just use a an example that's um, in my mind today because um, it was something that I personally experienced. I remember when my father passed away. Uh, he was a very positive person and, and right up to the very end was talking about life and asking about who won the baseball game and what the, the standings were and, and just um, engaged very much. But I remember... On the day before he lost consciousness, he began to talk um, perhaps a little more seriously about some things. And I remember 
him talking to me about some things. But the one thing I remember the most was um, him saying to me, Dick, I want you to take care of Jackie. Jackie was my stepmom. And um, my, my mother had passed away years before. And he had remarried. And, and his, his wife was Jackie. And he said, I, I want you to take care of Jackie. Guess what I remember most about that day? I remember that statement. Because I recognize that that was perhaps, it was. It was the most important thing he said to me uh, that day. In fact, probably in all the days leading up to his death. And I remembered that. And I tried to, I tried to fulfill his wish to take care of, of my stepmom, Jackie. And so Jesus is doing a similar thing here. Uh, when he says a new command I give you, he's sounding an importance to what he's about to say. He's saying, listen up, this is important. Love one another. And then he, he defines what that's going to look like. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. How did Jesus... How did Jesus love them? Well, he had just washed their feet. Something unheard of for someone of his position to serve people of lesser position. And yet he did that. And he's, he, sound, he did that, hoping that they would follow in his steps. So he gave them an example to follow. He had talked to them about leaving heaven and coming to earth. And... Um, they had that example to follow. And as they began to understand more about that after he left, they would realize that they were to leave um, comforts and pleasures uh, to serve others. He lived among them. Though he was God, he was living among them and going through all they went through um, so that he could encourage them and help them and show them the way. He was giving them an example that they should do the same thing, to live among the people and to give hope to people. He also made the statement that he would lay down his life for them. And uh, he was giving them an example that they should lay down their lives for one another. He reinforced this commandment in uh, many times just during that meal itself in that evening. Let's just refer to a few of those. John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then um, just a few verses later in John chapter 15, verse 17, this is my command, love each other. So he's, he's repeating this command several times within just minutes or at the most hours of each other. Did they get the message? I'd like to think that they did. After Jesus left and... Uh, this is after his death and resurrection, and he 
came back and he lived for 40 days um, with the, the disciples, teaching them from the word, from the scripture, from the Old Testament about himself, preparing them to live without him. And uh, when he finally ascended into heaven, they went to Jerusalem and they waited. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, as the crowds gathered and Peter preached, 3,000 people are saved and then more are saved. And this is a comment of how um, the people, those early believers lived. And I'd like you to look at Acts chapter 2, 44 through 45. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Okay, let's talk about that for just a minute. So these believers, new believers, who had just come to know Jesus, probably many of them from other countries, um, felt the need to stay in Jerusalem for a time to be trained and discipled in their newfound faith before they went back to where they were from, not having perhaps the income to live while they were doing that. These believers who were local that had money and property were selling their possessions and providing for people that had needs. And as um, needs came among believers in Jerusalem who lived there because Many of them would have lost their jobs because of their faith, perhaps lost their homes and experienced persecution. Those that had the resources were making them available. It was a clear case of unselfish giving, sacrificial giving, giving up the things that they own to provide for others who were in need. I think they got the message of Jesus. Let me give you another example, and this is, again, a personal example. Um, there was a particular anniversary that my wife and I celebrated uh, when we were living in Montana, and uh, we had decided to uh, travel for a week just in uh, places in the area that we particularly enjoyed, and, and so we uh, had kind of designed a route and had set a certain Monday to, to be our takeoff day, and we left in the morning, and uh, it was a pretty sunny day, and as we went down a particular highway that was known for um, having a lot of wildlife along the highway, we're driving along on, on this sunny morning, and all of a sudden, two very large mule deer, bucks, uh, run out of the woods, and smack dab into our car, both at the same time, totally um, making the car uh, undrivable. And so as we limp back to town, we're pretty much thinking, well, this is the end of our vacation. And uh, as we went home and uh, our neighbor next door, who happened to be a good friend of ours, uh, asked what's going on? You know, I thought you were gone for a week. And we told him what happened. And he said, well, um, take my car. And it wasn't an old rusty car that he had in the back that 
coughed smoke and everything like that. It was his car. It was a nice car. It was nicer than ours. And it was one that he used every day. And so um, we said, well, no, that, that's not going to work. And uh, he said, no, I, I insist, take my car. And so we were able to have our vacation because a neighbor of ours sacrificed his convenience and his um, personal property to bless us. Um, Jesus command that we love one another as he has loved us, that we love one another, um, not only worked for the disciples and the believers who lived in that first century, but it passed on down hundreds and even thousands of years to a neighbor of mine to meet a need that we had at that particular time. Hallelujah. Well, there's more to the command than just that. And so I'd like for us to read it again. And this time, let's include verse 35. So uh, John 13, 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this will everyone know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. I'd like us to keep that verse up for just a minute. You could say, what is it that distinguishes uh, believers from other people? And most of us, I think, when we would be first asked that question, we would think, okay, what do we believe that's different from other people? And we'll, we immediately go to doctrinal kind of things. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm wired that way too, and I, I think that at first. But Jesus didn't say, you're going to be known by your doctrine. He said, you're going to be known that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And he didn't even say, if you have love for one another. He said, if you love one another. That's a little more active, isn't it? The other way, you could imply that if you feel love for one another, that's what he was talking about. This is not what he's saying. He said, if you love one another, everyone will know that you are my disciples. That is the mark of true believers. That's the mark of the church. That's how people will know who we are. Have we, have we made it known? Has our love for one another been strong enough that people know that we're disciples? I hope that it is. I hope that in my own life, after studying this today with you, I hope that I can go back and renew my commitment to loving you and to loving other believers in the family of God, because that's the mark. That's the way that people will know who we are. Well, there was another part of the love theme that Jesus uh, dealt with. The first thing that he said had to do with our love for one another. And um, that's interesting. The second thing he said had to do with our love for him. And I'd like for us to look at that right now. And this is John 14, verse 15. So in the same evening, 
at the same meal or following the meal, he also said this, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. Not if you love me, speak kind words to me, say nice things to me, um, always think good thoughts about me. If you love me, keep my commands. The love language of Jesus and the love language of the Father is obedience, pure and simple. If you love me, keep my commands. He reinforced it a number of times. We won't read all the references, but here's a couple. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 21. Let's read that. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. So he says that again in the same evening. Again in the same evening. John chapter 15, verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. Another way of saying, if you love me, you'll do what I command. And so... um, Jesus is, is talking about love, and, and we can say, I love Jesus. And we can have really warm feelings about Jesus, really grateful feelings for what he did for us on the cross. Um, but if we don't obey what he's asked us to do, uh, Jesus is going to say, you don't love me. You're going to say, no, I, I really feel a lot of love towards Jesus. And he's going to say, are you doing what I've asked you to do? That's love. One of Jesus' primary commands was a passage that we've already referred to, and I'd like for us to look at it again. It's John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so he's saying, Um, okay, if you love me, keep my commands. And by the way, one of my big commands is love one another. And so this this love theme is is cyclical. It it goes on and on and it self-perpetuates and it's, it's connected with everything. We can't get away from it. It infuses everything that we do and say and believe. Jesus had taught these themes before. And um, so I'd like for us to go back and, and look at some, uh, at least one of the times when he taught on this theme before. And that's in Mark chapter 12, verse 28 and 31. There are parallel, uh, there's a parallel passage in Matthew. And there were similar, um, a couple of similar occasions uh, elsewhere in the New Testament where he said um, a similar thing. But in this case, he's approached by one of the teachers of the law, and uh, we'll read together starting in verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, when he's asking that question, he's not asking Jesus, which of your commandments are the most important? He's asking of the commandments, particularly of the Old Testament law. And Jesus says this, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. 
love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And he's quoting Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four and five. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. He's quoting Leviticus. I think it's 1918, if I'm not mistaken. There's no commandment greater than these. And so um, when pinned down by someone who was interested in the law, knowing how the law could be condensed into the most important, he says, love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, that's what he taught earlier. And in this teaching now, at the very end, he's recapitulating that, that very theme, just in reverse order. He's, he talked first about loving neighbor as yourself, and then about loving God. And um, so there were other times when Jesus taught about these, uh, about the theme of love, particularly I think back to the Sermon on the Mount, when he told the people listening to him to love their enemies. And then uh, Jesus, on one occasion, um, just blew the mind of these Jews who were so family-oriented and saying, if you love father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. In other words, I need to come first in your love before anyone else, even father and mother. And so uh, those were things that Jesus had taught. I love to look forward in um, the writings of his disciples to see how did, these, how did this theme catch on with them. And John, the one who's writing the book that we're reading from today, um, also wrote the epistles uh, of John. And I'd like us to look at the epistle of 1 John 4, 19 through 21. And John is, has picked up the theme of love. In fact, if you were to do a word search in the, the book of First and Second John and 3 John and do a word search on the word love, you'll find dozens of occurrences. That's the main theme of his, um, his writings. It's all about love. He got it. He heard what Jesus said, and he put it into practice in his life. Here's what he said. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. I'd like for us to, to stop for just a minute and camp on that uh, passage. I've run into um, a number of people in my lifetime who have said something like this. I love Jesus and I love God, but I can't stand the church. The church is full of hypocrites and backbiters and uh, people who are uh, divisive and I despise the church, but I love Jesus and I love God. What do you think of that statement? 
Is that possible? John would say that's not possible. Go back, if you would, a couple of verses, and let's pick up what he said, uh, maybe just one verse back in verse 20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. So what John would say is the person who makes that statement is a liar. They don't love God. They don't love Jesus. They may feel some kind of an um, emotion about them, but God's made it clear that if you love me, you'll keep my commands, and my commands are that you love one another. Who are the one another's that he's talking about? He's talking about believers. Now, does that mean that we're not to love non-believers? No, not at all. Because Jesus went after the lost sheep and he came to seek and save the lost. So we know that he loves the lost and he, he expects us to love the lost as well. But the identifying characteristic of a believer is that he loves other believers. So for me to say, I love Jesus and God, but I despise the church, um, I'm a liar. I can't do that. Can't love God and despise the people that he died for, the people that make up his church, as flawed as they may be. So this theme of love, spoken by Jesus, um, really a day before he was on the cross and died. What do people say a day before they pass away? My dad must have had a premonition. I don't know. He never said, I'm, I'm going to be passing away. But he got serious a day before he passed away. And he said, Dick, take care of, take care of your stepmom. And um, Jesus a day before he went to the cross, and he knew it. He knew where he was going. He said, here's my command. Love each other. Love each other. As I have loved you, so love one another. Love them. Love each other in the same way that I've loved you. I've, I've washed your feet. I've given up all that was pleasurable and important to me to come and be with you, you do the same. I'm laying down my life for you. You do the same. And then he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And one of the big commands is this, love one another, love one another. So we've got love for each other as believers and we've got love for God he's defined it he's told us what it's all about on the last day of his life on this earth and uh, what are we going to do with it I hope we'll be like John who took it to heart and took it so to heart that he was known as the apostle of love. He could hardly speak without saying the word love. It's, it's um, referred to by others in, in early church history that when John would enter a room, he would say, children, love one another. Children, 
love one another. He couldn't get the command out of his mind. He had heard what Jesus said. Have we heard what Jesus has said? I'd like you to pray with me today. Thank you, Lord, for these reminders from your mouth, dear Jesus. Words that you spoke before you left this earth, before you were crucified. And uh, may we remember them like John did. May they become so important to us that we can't get the words out of our mouth and we can't get the actions out of our life. We can't help but love one another. We can't help but obey your commands because we love you and we love the people that you have saved. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.